Okay, if you'd open your Bible to John chapter 11. Lord, as we uh, look into your sacred word now, we appreciate everyone who's here, uh, here at this time, uh, under your word, to hear what you would have to say. And Lord, seize the opportunity dramatically to tell us, to move our hearts, Lord, to be glorified in the midst. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, you know, I tell you, uh, I've said in the past that uh, Easter Sunday was my, you know, we, Calvary Chirp, uh, uh, Chapel Circles, we used to call it Resurrection Sunday. And some, you know, would chide you if you say Easter Sunday, because that's Ishtar and this and that. And I'm not sure uh, any of the, you know, I'm not a big clan, uh, fan of nomenclature, except when it gets you thinking wrong. And I don't, Easter doesn't really bother me, so we're conversant in either. You call it Resurrection Sunday, you call it Easter Sunday, where I'm, I'm, I don't care, right? I, like I say, I can go either way on that. Uh, here's the thing, though. Uh, I used to say it was my favorite uh, holiday in the whole calendar. In a way, I don't think I was lying to you, flat out lying to you. In ways it was, is, but in other ways, it, tremendous pressure, because I know there's always going to be visitors, because there is. Less and less all the time. As we, as we drift into a secularism as a nation, people are less and less uh, caring about spiritual things. Okay, those are the rules. I get it. I understand how that works. Now, having said that, still, people will visit who aren't normally here. By the way, I thank, thank you for being here. Why do people come on just like some, you know, Easter and, and Christmas and things like that? I don't know, because... You have a crazy family member who's just nagging you and nagging you, and you just show up because, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, whatever, I'll be there, yeah, just, or maybe, you know, people checking out, man, I don't know if this is real, you know, I want to have a, you know, a fallback position, hey, I was there, you know, you marked that down, that was attendance, right, you know, they're going to stand before an awesome judge one day, they want to have something that they can score, in their, I don't know what drives people, or maybe a lot of reasons. Maybe there's something to that, and maybe I should check out, I don't know, you know. And so I had this, like, pressure, self-imposed to be sure. God's not really pressure God. You know, working with Jesus, right, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'm not going to, I'm not turning up the pressure. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Say, yoke, that doesn't sound very restful. Yeah, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You shall find rest unto your souls. I work together with Jesus and, and he does the heavy lifting. Hey, Jesus, grab that piano. I'll take the sheet music. And he's good with that because he's, he's, he's that servant. He's, that, he's, he's capable and he knows that my frame is but dust. So I get this self-imposed. I get all nerved up like, man, if I could just say the right thing, if I could just craft the right message and tell them people you know maybe they'll come around maybe they'll get saved maybe they'll walk with us maybe they'll be here more than just the once or twice a year what a moron now i won't say it about you but i can say it about me can't i what a moron I'm like like almost like a practical atheist the lord kind of bagged me in a good way earlier in the week and said what do you believe in what are you thinking if, you, if something happens in somebody's heart, is that a you thing or a me thing? Is that because you were so awesome delivering the message? Or is that was it my spirit moving in the hearts of men? And when I thought about it that way, I said, duh. 
Lord, forgive me. Why, why was I such a, why would I put that pressure on myself? That's, that kind of satanic. That's not something that the Spirit of God would put on my life. And so I thought like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to teach the Bible and let the chips fall where they may because no matter how much uh, I turn on that pressure cooker, God's going to do what God's going to do. He always does. And if I, if I think of it any other way, that's a wrong thought altogether. Imagine you're the guy, you're the one preaching, and it's, you better bring the goods, you better, come on, are you serious? That's just so ridiculous on the face of it. And when I was shown that to me by God, I was like, yeah, that is ridiculous. Why was I doing stupid things like that? Because, you know, you've got to think these things through. You've got to pray them through. You've got to let God manage your heart and, and re uh, Think your thoughts. He, he's got to have a hand in your life in such a way that he shows you the right way to think about everything. Now, there was a certain man. Uh, now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. May I just say something to you? Worship is a beautiful thing. Worship is comely. It's, it's winsome. It, it, people say... Uh, oh my, this changes everything. You mean this God, he actually exists? He actually listens to you and he cares about your worship? We, w- listen, we need you as worshipers. We need the worship team. By the way, I, I appreciate so much your guys' heart, your level of skill. Uh, it was all my favorites today, but that's just probably, you know, <laughs> some people like certain songs, some like other songs. That's just how we are. Right, but those were like all my favorites. Like they call me up and what do you want us to do? You know, just all all those. That's what I want you to do. All those ones. But I have an idea that you know we can go away and we say, ah, worship didn't do much for me today. Oh, worship, that was really a beautiful thing. And I think it's less the 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 band. I think it's more us. If I come with a heart, Lord, I am just gonna. I am going to let you know how much I love you. you. You have been insanely gracious to me. You've been so loving, so kind, so glorious and good. I just, I'm going to let you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass songbirds. I'm going to pour out my heart in such and such a way. I think it's on me. I don't think it's the band per se. And I'm not saying, I'm, this isn't criticism. This is like, I love you guys. I think you're awesome. But if it's, I'm not moved, I think that's not your fault. I think that's a me problem. Just just saying. Uh, so this, we, we have this example of Mary. She, she anoints uh, the Lord. With, you remember the perfume? She wipes his feet with her hair. It's that Mary, okay? That's a beautiful act of worship. Uh, funny thing about Mary, every time you see him, she's at Jesus' feet. You remember the Martha and Mary when they had that little bit of a cat fight? And by the way, Jesus is awesome. He goes in the middle of a woman having a fight and comes away unscathed, and settles it. Don't tell me he's not God. Because the rest of us, we run from that. We, oh, the, you, you don't know anything about that, do you? No, I don't. Let's get out of here. And we make ourselves scarce. Jesus puts himself in the middle of it and, and heals that situation. Incredibly. And remember, Mary's at Jesus' feet. And Martha's cumbered about with much serving. Hey, I think serving is wonderful. I think, sir, you people who serve God, I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't think Jesus is saying that's a bad thing. 
I think he's saying this is a better thing. And you have to, and I have to. We have to figure out how much is worship and how much is service. And those things overlap, and they're not exact lines. But, I mean, a lot of us, we're not really comfortable worshiping, but we'll, we'll, do, all the, we'll do all the, you know, the, we'll cook up the meal. We'll do all that. And I think Jesus is saying, you know what? The better part is you're spending time with me. That's what I designed you for. Anyway, she's at his feet here. She, she's at his feet in this chapter. And then later on when that actual event takes place, she's at his feet again. You'll always be able to find Mary. She's at Jesus' feet. And I think that speaks volumes. Anyway, therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom loveth is sick. I'm kind of drifting. I'm putting a lot of extra in here. Lazarus is sick. His sisters send for her. Jesus heard that. He said, this sickness is not on death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Is Jesus lying? This isn't going to result in death? Not ultimately it's not, and Jesus never lies. But what you have to understand is he's seeing the end from the beginning. This chapter, if you've never read it, will surprise us. Jesus, he... He, he's never surprised. He, he understands what's going to happen. So imagine the messengers come back. Our messenger, our messengers, whatever. Uh, hey, uh, did you find him? Yeah, yeah, we found him. Uh, what happened? He said, don't worry about it. It's not unto death. Um, and he kept teaching. Wait, what? Um, yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't get all worked up about it. Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Well, here's the problem. I think they did really right. There's someone sick in their life, and they told Jesus about it. If there's someone sick in your life, tell Jesus about it. Do we have to remind Jesus that he loves this person? Not really. I love that in the story there, hey, you know, it's not him who gives a lot of money to the orphanage in town is sick it's not him who goes to church every sunday is sick it's not him who's a gracious and a good and accommodating and a wonderful guy who's as good as anybody else is sick you know why jesus i'm commending him to you because you love him you're saying isn't that kind of redundant doesn't god love everybody isn't this the book where in John chapter 3 it says, For God so loved the whole world, he gave his only begotten Son? So why is the Spirit of God wasting ink telling us that Jesus loves him? So we remember that when we pray, and this is a prayer, okay, it's sent by messenger. We usually just speak it into the air, and God hears it and picks it up. We don't need a kind of a go-between. But here, this is a prayer, a prayer to Jesus. Hey, the one who you love is sick. And they're reminding him that based on his love, that's why we're commending him to you. We love him, you love him. Hey, can't you do something? And Jesus says, yeah, just no problem. Don't worry about it. And goes on teaching and doesn't show up in time. And I want to talk about this. This is kind of the elephant in the room a lot of times. Hey, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and nothing happened. Yeah, something happened. God heard it, and he said, um, I got a better plan. Isn't that hard? I know God loves me. I know he loves the person who's sick, and this is what I think should happen. And we tell God, you know, on their behalf, they didn't say, hey, you got to heal them. They're figuring God knows what God knows, and we'll let God... 
Hey, you love him, right? He's sick. Two plus two equals four. <laughs> You'll figure it out. But they don't tell him. We very often tell him what, we, what, what he should do. Is that a bad thing? Oh, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Ask and you shall receive. I need bread. I'm hungry. And God says, well, ask. You know, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing or a wrong thing. It's not like God, it's not like giving them information like, oh, I didn't know that. Well, thanks for filling me in. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's just the idea is that we're, we're supposed to cast all our care on him. He cares for us. I think that what they're doing is wonderful. And what is Jesus doing? What Jesus always does. What his father told him to do. This isn't out of his control or anything. Everything happening here according to. And we know the end of the story, so we're okay with it. What the problem is in, in our life is we live it every day. We don't know the end of the story. And we get very desperate. And we tell Jesus, we got to do this and you got to do this. And we're all freaked out. And he's like, it seems like. He doesn't care. Now, well, let me disenfranchise you of that. He cares. He weeps. I mean, he, it shows us his heart. He cares about this. But you've prayed, and the thing that happened didn't, that you needed, needed. It, it, there's no question. This has to happen this way, God. And then it didn't. Now what? Well, let's read now what. Now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus, the one whom you love. Yeah, you're right. And the Holy Spirit of God tells us that. I want you to understand something. I'm not cavalier about this. The one whom you love, God loves. I can't emphasize anymore. It's not because of indifference. It's not because he didn't figure out what he needed to do. It's because God is God, and we can't... We think this is the way it's got to happen. He's like, no, it doesn't really. I've been God for a long time. He loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. God so loved the world. Well, but you don't understand. This bad thing happened. I do understand. Again, I'm not trying to be cavalier, the person who the disaster happened to, God knows how many hairs they have on their head more than you do. God loves them more than you do. I often pray for a son who's far away from the Lord. We, we pray that. We cry before the Lord. We, 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 we wrestle and we, and, we, and we commit this person to God. And it really comforts my heart to know, well, nobody loves this person like my son like I do. And God's like, Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have to convince God to love. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have to, you know, Lord, you really ought to, this is, and commend to, he says, yeah, I know how to love. I, for God is love. You know, figure this all out as you're figuring all this, where's, where's Jesus? How come he didn't show up? I mean, think about this. Lazarus is dying, and they're tending to him, nursing him, and dying is not dignified at all. I don't even want to do it. It's just so undignified. No, when you're a little tiny person, when you first come to the world, you can't go. You have to be carried. You can't feed yourself. You have to be nursed. You are totally dependent on somebody else. Well, I am a 
I'm a man, and I don't like being totally dependent on anybody else. And God said, uh, well, you're going to be totally dependent on me. I said, okay, I'll accept that. But nobody else, I don't want to. I don't want to have everyone come to my rescue. I want to be, take care of my own. I, I'm the guy at home, like, when the noise happens at night, that I go to check it out. I can take care of stuff. I, I don't have to, you know, oh, honey, go check it out for me. I'm, I'm a man. I, I take, and, but death is so, it, it robs you of your manliness. You get that raspy thing going and you're slowly dying by degrees and it's a horrible thing and it's very, and then you get six of your strong friends to carry you because you can't go again when you're on the other side. Isn't that really, it's, it's I, I want to plan, I want to I do my own funeral. I want to, I want to, I want to, preside over my own, and then say, okay, I'll tell Jesus you said hi, and climb into the casket, and off I go. You've got to really time that right, though. I don't, I, this is my plan. I don't know if it'll happen, okay? Just, that's, that's kind of what I want to happen. I don't, I don't want to go through the whole thing, and if I do, I want to do it in such and such a way that glorifies God. I'm hoping for the rapture. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm not getting very far, am I? When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two more days, still in the same place where he was. Now imagine them looking out the window. Is Jesus going to show up? He's going to rescue the day? Is, you know, where is he? What, what's going on here? How come he isn't here? He's getting worse. It, it looks like he's going to be bad. Jesus, you have to be here. You have to be here now. And Jesus doesn't show up. Have you figured that into your prayers? Have you thought about that? Jesus loves Martha and Mary and stays away two more days. Then after he saith to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus said, and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. But a man walketh in the night, if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth, because there's no light in him. I know some of us are walking in the light, and some of us aren't. And some of us are, are stumbling about. Walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light. These things said he, and after he said unto them, our, fr- our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. Now, he means a euf- sleep is a euphemism for death. Why does he call it sleep? Because you're getting up again. He knows that. They don't know it. The disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. In other words, you know, that's a good thing, right? He's sleeping, he'll get better. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Okay, forget the euphemism. You ain't getting it. Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, wait a second. A lot here. You're glad he's dead? Yeah. Yeah. Why? It's going it's to work on your faith. Wait a second, this ain't the first, this ain't their first big rodeo. This ain't, the, the disciples, uh, they've seen Jesus raise several. Remember Jairus' daughter? Remember the widow of Nain, her son? So this is the third resurrection. This isn't, this isn't just any old resurrection. I mean, I mean the, they, hey, I've seen this. What, what else you got? I mean, this is, no, this is four days. This is different. You could say about the other ones. That was the same day. Uh, Jairus' daughter had just died. Jesus shows up and says, she's not dead, she's asleep. And resurrects her, right? Um, the, the widow of Nain's son, remember funerals happened the day of, the, of death uh, at this culture at this time. Jews still bury their, 
people immediately. They don't wait like we wait sometimes a long time. Here in Maine, sometimes you have to because if somebody dies in the, when the ground's frozen, there's not a lot you can do there. You have to wait at least for that committal service until the, the outside cooperates. Uh, and I'm not suggesting there's a right and wrong to that, okay? I'm just suggesting it's the way we do the way they do. So that widow of Nain's son, he just died a few hours earlier. Jesus shows up and you can say, well, he wasn't quite dead. Maybe he was, no, Lazarus we're going to find has been dead four days. He's dead. Do you know what happens when decomposition happens? You know, your eyes just kind of melt back into your head. You get that, your blood separates from serum into plasma and stuff like that. Where they lay you down, like the bottom half of your body is kind of like black and blue, and you're going to get a yellow jaundice on top. Yeah, everyone's making that face. Thanks, I'm going to have lunch after this. It's death. Your, your innards, they just kind of decompose. They just, they just it's, it's nasty. By the way, it stinketh. And we'll get to that. It, it's, it's, it's decomposition is whiffy. It's not pleasant. I'm glad for your sakes I was not dead. This is going to increase your faith. Listen, I got to tell you something about some of the things you're going through. It's Easter Sunday. So we talk about death. Yeah, we got to talk about death to talk about resurrection. You're resurrecting from something, okay? I know this part here is not very pleasant. I get it. But the, the, remember what the Creator says here. I'm glad it's going to increase your faith. You say, that's all? It's just going to increase your faith? Is that all? Oh, your faith is... In, is Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Listen, 100 years from today, the only thing that matters about you is your faith. The only thing that matters about you is your faith. We don't care 100 years from today when we're on the other side. We don't care what car you drove. We just don't. We don't care what you did for work. Only thing that's going to matter is your faith. Your faith is the coin of the realm in eternity forever. You're rewarded on your faith. You go to heaven or you go to hell based on your faith or lack thereof. Faith is important. And Jesus says, listen, I'm glad because you know what? This is going to increase your faith. Is that important? Oh, it's so important. Do you remember Jesus is like all about faith? He's like um, centurion. I ain't seen faith like this in all Israel. This is incredible. He says, you remember the centurion? Uh, I say this one, go, and he goes. I say this one, come, and he comes. Do this, and he does this. I'm a man of authority, under authority. I understand how this works. And Jesus, I'm looking at your life. You've got this amazing authority thing going. I, I understand. And Jesus is like, shut up. That's incredible. I've I never seen nothing like this. Not all in Israel. And Jesus, if you get Jesus wild about your faith, you're doing faith right. I'm just telling you. And Jesus said, I want to increase your faith. It's a good thing. Listen, when that thing that happens, the thing that's un, untenable, that I can't believe this is going on, remember about faith. That's, I've seen people do, go through catastrophe and come out shipwrecked faith. And I've seen people go through catastrophic things and come out strong in faith. It's, it's a big deal. Do I sound like I'm Catholic? Because I'm really not. My heart is like <laughs> eating up in my chest. I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't subscribe these things for you. I weep when you go through them. But God is God, and he does what God does. Uh... 
I'm glad for your sake. Nevertheless, let's go on. And this is Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples. Let us also go that we may die with him. I don't think that's very heroic, by the way. I think it's a little bit sarcastic. When Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Bethany was nigh into Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. Sounds like a long distance, less than two miles. Many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother, because that's what we do. They probably baked casseroles. That's probably where that came. I don't know. That's what we do, because we can't do anything else. We can't, I can't fix this. I can't put a Band-Aid on this. I can, I can cry with you. I can hold you close. I can offer my... I do this so badly, by the way. You're supposed to do as good. I mean, this is like what pastors do, right? And I'm really poor at it. But I bring my wife along, and she's generally better. She knows the thing to say and, and how to... Because we're guys, we're, we're navigating in the field of emotions here, right? Good night. Bring your wife, call it good. I don't know what I'm doing. But that's what they do. They comfort because people need comfort in a situation like that. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Mary unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Is there a little bit of blame there? Oh, I think there's a lot of bit of blame there. Where were you? I depended on you, and you didn't show up. What's going on here? And I think you've said that. I don't know, I have. You've said that. And I have. You probably said worse. I know I have. And all that vitriol, all that poison, all them toxins, they come out, don't they? Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's got broad shoulders. He's not holding that. Oh, you said what? I... He just brushes that aside. Wouldn't a God know that that, everything in there, they just watched their brother take his last breath. They put him in a tomb. Where's Jesus? Where's my God when I need him the most? He's absent. He's not. He's not. He's in charge. He's in charge from several days away. He's Lazarus is dead. We're going to go get him up. When did Jesus lose control of the situation? But they don't see it. They don't see it. I want us to see it. Okay, he's, he's dead. Where were you? Um, there's a comedian, Ricky Gervais, who's got this thing, and he's supposed to be real funny, and he did The Office, the British version of it. And he was talking about like he's a friend, just like Jesus, except better, because he shows up. And I thought, like, good comedy should make you laugh or make you think. It shouldn't make you cry. Because I was thinking, really? You don't know that Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother? You know, it, it's amazing to me. I mean, let me, let me chase a rabbit here for a second. I, I did this once before. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's like, you know... I'm the God of the whole universe. You should move heaven and earth to be with me. Well, Lord, I, I got to pay the bills and I got to do this. I got to keep the wolves from, you know, they're trying to repossess my auto and I got to, he's like, oh, okay. Man went out to sow seeds and he sowed some, some weeds choked him up and he's like, well, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm God. I'm the, I'm the treasure in the field. You, you sell everything you have and you buy that field, right? 
You, don't you, don't, I'm going to move everything. I'm going to move heaven and earth. Nothing's going to stand between me and God. Nothing at all, ever. And he's like, that's the attitude I want. Uh, uh, oh, I got, I got, uh, oh, so you say, yeah, I believe, and I'm on board. And then what? Persecution. You, you know, you that seed on the really, right? This, the wind comes and, the, and, the, and it doesn't have any roots. So it, and Jesus is like, well, you know, they laughed at me. I was telling my family I'm a Christian now, and they laughed at me. He's like, and I'm going. I, I, oh, okay, see ya. Wait a second, Jesus. You're supposed to, I, I can't, you, you have choices. This is, I don't know if this is liberating to you. It's hugely liberating to me. You, you have choices that I'm not responsible for. I'm going to give you the good. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And then whatever you and the Holy Spirit figure out, you're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to make choices. Like Jesus, listen, I think you're a really cool guy and everything else, but I got the American dream. I got stuff. I want to do this. I want fame. I want fortune. I want, oh, see ya. Okay. Good luck with that. Everything you want, by the way, is earmarked for destruction. You're not thinking long term. A hundred years from today, the only thing that's going to matter is you and your relationship to Jesus Christ. I said you and your faith. Your relationship to Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that's going to matter. And everything else is an illusion. And everything else, the things we chase at are just, if we ever get and grab that brass ring, if you finally get where you think you're going, you're going to find out how empty and how miserable is the thing that you wanted. Oh, if you'd only been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. Is she hinting for him to resurrect her brother? I think she's flat out asking it. I don't know. You know, some of these things we, we ascribe people's motives and without talking to them. Does she think that Jesus can raise her brother from the dead? Well, let's look at it. Jesus said to her, thy brother shall rise again. She's like, hallelujah, and she jumps and shouts and dances and sings and should. Everyone you know who died is going to rise again. Everybody, unsaved, saved, don't matter. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection the last day. She's got a theology right, by the way. She's got a theology right. It's the last day, there's a resurrection. I think we're very, very close to it. We say the word rapture, think resurrection. The dead in Christ rise first. I don't know what you call that. I call it resurrection. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet, uh, to, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. It's the same thing said in 1 Corinthians 15 about the chapter that's called the great resurrection chapter. I, I, I select that option. If there's a suggestion box in heaven, that's the one I want, okay? Just in case you're wondering. Again, you know, death, undignified, don't want it. Uh, and if God's called me to die, I want to I be godly and I want to die like a man of God dies, worshiping the Lord the whole way out. She had a dream last week that I, I died and it brought many people to faith and I thought like, all right, you don't need my permission. If that's the thing, I'm in. I never wanted to die and leave, her, leave a widow, you know, because the only way I can take care of her from cradle, uh, from till I said I do to, 
is to die after her. And I kind of feel like that I should stick around and take care of her the whole... But I, again, I don't make that selection. And in case you're wondering, there is no uh, suggestion box in heaven. But if, if, if death means salvation of others and the, the gospel goes forward, isn't that all of our desire? I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That's correct. But you're not seeing the whole picture. And I think we're not seeing the whole picture either. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is not an event. It's a person. He that believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believe in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? This is hard for you to believe. But they're not here anymore. Oh, I have... I have to tell you, I have to tell you, they're more alive than they've ever been here on the earth. They're just more, we, we think about this very often now. I have uh, people, like you have people, some that you don't like to think about their death, and you don't like to think about what happened after. And then we have people who we think like, oh, what is, that? What is going on? They are rocking it today. They are having a great day for their whatever day in a row. They are, have no misery, no anxiety, no agita, no headaches, no uh, any kind of emotional turmoil. They have joy unspeakable, and they have life more than I could even describe it no matter how much time I was given. And we say, oh, they're dead. And they're saying, don't you believe it. But beyond all that, I want to tell you something about Jesus that you may or may not know. I want to tell you something about Jesus that you may or may not know. He's the resurrection. He can resurrect. It's what he does. Say, well, I'm not dead yet. I mean, it's good when I'm dead. Oh, no, he resurrects. He breathes life into everything. He can take your dead-end job and make it new again. He can take your situation. I'm, I'm getting divorced. There's no two ways around. I just, I can't, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. He's like, oh, no, I can fix that. I resurrect. I, that's what I do. That's, that's, that's who I am. I can, I can, there's nothing you're involved in that I can't fix. There's nothing. Uh, we talked last week about suicide, how it's so prevalent among teenagers because they don't know Jesus. They don't understand. They, they think like, oh, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Jesus, I'm the light of the world. I resurrect. I take, I take what's broken and I breathe life in it. I bring newness. I bring freshness. I bring joy. I'm just... My, my comedic friend, Ricky Gervais, I wanted to cry because he didn't know that. How come you don't know that about the God of the universe? You're trying to fix everything on yourself. How's it going? Hit and miss. I can take care of this. I'm a man. I can. He's like, not so much. Not so much. You're very limited in your power, your ability. Isn't that humbling? Good. You need it. So do I. We need to be knocked off our high horse. We ain't much. I'm the resurrection life. Do you believe it? If you... If you live and believe in me, you're never going to die. Do you believe this? Lord, it doesn't look that way. Oh, they're just sleeping. You don't understand. Let me tell you. Let me have you think about this the right way. She said to him, Yea, Lord, I, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. I want you to understand that about Jesus, too. When he had so said, she went away and called Martha, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and called for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him, the Jews then that were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, right? Because that's who she is. 
I want to be who she is. I want to live my life at the feet of Jesus. That just speaks to my heart. Thanks, Mary. She fell at his feet saying on him, Lord, if thou hadst been him, my brother had not died. She's worshiping at the same time. She has that same, there's a little bit of an accusation there, isn't there? Where were you, Lord? Where is God when we need him the most? He's absent. No, he's not. He's just doing what God does. I know how to be God. You don't have to coach me in this. I know things don't work out the way you think I ought to work them out. Trust me in this, and that's called faith. If you'd only been here, my brother not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, with, which came to her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. He said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the New Testament. Jesus wept. You want to start your memory work? Start it there, right? You got a whole verse now. 1135, Jesus wept. Past that, the shortness of the verse, think about this. God cried. He's not unmoved by our predicament. Why are you crying? He knows he's going to... We say we haven't read the chapter. Jesus has. He, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going to happen. He says, hey, we're going to go wake him up. Why is he crying? Because he's not that he's not... It's, it's not that he's untouched by our infirmity. It's not that he's cavalier. It's not that he's far away. It's not that he doesn't care. Remember, it says he loved Martha. He loved... He's got a woman he loves, and she's crying, and her heart is broken, and she doesn't understand, and he weeps. You have a God who weeps? Isn't that incredible? He'll weep like you and I weep because we're inconsolable because we don't understand. He understands. He's just not, there's nothing that ever happened to us where he's like, I don't care. We think that, we blame him, we say that about him. It's never been true, ever. Rearrange your thinking, it's never been true, not for one minute. He, he weeps when we weep. He knows how we feel. He's not distant, he's not unconcerned. So if he lets us go through something, it's because he understands how we need to go through that thing. We don't go through a test that isn't father-filtered. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved, loved him. Some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? People accuse God. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself. <laughs> we can say much about that, but much of it is speculation. As our God groan over the accusations, we say things about him that simply aren't true. He cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for it hath been, he hath been dead four days. Death stinks. He could have made it smell like roses. He could have. Why does death smell bad? Because it stinks. Because he wants it to be 
un, we're not supposed to be comfortable with it. We're not supposed to cozy up to it. It's an, it's, an, it's an interruption to everything that God had made for us. Put us in a garden. You're going to live long, forever. You're going to enjoy each other. You're going to enjoy all I've given you. I've given you this amazing stuff to eat, and it's all good, and it's all wonderful. What happens? Sin, and the ways of sin is death, and it's, it's unwelcome. You're not supposed to cozy up to it. You're not supposed to be good with it. It's supposed to stink all the time. Uh, you know, you can't open it up. It's going to be really bad. Jesus said, Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. We've been through this, haven't we? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. There's an end game here, and Jesus wants to understand. When he thus said, he spoke and cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I'm glad he said Lazarus. He would have, that was a, like a, everyone would have, all the dead would have resurrected. He called just simply Lazarus. That's the same voice that's going to say, Your name, come up here. Trumpet blast. Adam, come up here. So, that's the same voice. Lazarus heard it even in the plate wherever he was, on, on the other side. He that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about him with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. So here we come. Resurrection. That's, that's how Jesus does. Grave clothes? Why are you wearing them, by the way? You're a child of God. You, why are you walking around like you're still wrapped up in these? Let him go. And he takes the situation with his death, and he brings life. He's an amazing God. He's an amazing God. You should move heaven and earth to get next to this God. I can't... I can't Connect those dots in your heart and in your mind to make you a new creation. I pray to God that he does that. I want you to understand about Jesus. I don't know all is coming and going. I don't know the way he is. I don't, but I weep for the one who says, because they act like I'm the rube. Oh, you believe in God. <laughs> he talks to you, huh? <laughs> That's cute. How cute is that? You don't? He never talks to you? I'm the rube? Really? I, I'm not, listen, I'm not your judge. I'm your friend. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. I, I'm really not. I invite you. Listen, there's plenty of Jesus to go around. Um, we're going to inherit all that there is. And if you come in, that's a little less of the slice of the pie for us, right? It is. It is. I mean, it actually is, but we don't care. Come in. Water's fine. Room for plenty, okay? I'm not holding your arms just and saying, don't accept Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. It's Easter Sunday. It's, it's a, a great day to be saved. Okay, am I going to have an altar call? And, no, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in that mechanism. Um, if you want to get saved, if you're on the outside looking in, I'm not your judge. I'm not going to rebuke you or laugh at you or anything like that. I'll just invite you. Get hold of someone. Come see me. We'll pray together. We'll make sure you know that you're going to heaven when you die. 
you're saying you really didn't talk much about the cross. I know, I know, right? Most people come to the cross and then to the resurrection. Paul did it wrong because <laughs> he comes to the risen Jesus and work back to the cross. We'll, we'll get you there. I mean, that's why I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll make sure you understand about the cross and uh, Jesus' payment for your sin, okay? And if you're praying with somebody here today, you cover that, okay? Make sure. That's a really important thing. Um, that's all I got. Let's um, worship this great, incredible God that, again, everything, we sell the whole field. Make sure you have God, okay? Just don't let anything stand between you and your relationship with this amazing God. Let's stand, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this incredible word that you give us eternal life and we'll never die. And in the interim, Lord, there's nothing that's broke that you can't fix. There's no dead relationship that you can't revive and breathe into and bring new life. We thank and praise you. Now the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. It is our desire to get God's word out to all, so our podcasts and everything else downloaded from our website is free. But we do have expenses, and if you feel led to give a dollar for this resource, please go ahead and click the Give tab on our website at plowboyministries.org. Grace and peace. And everything I want out dear I count it all